0: This is Josh Porter, Jason Burkhart, and Brian Thomas. This is the Solar Coaster, your Solar Coaster, uh, episode 141. We get a chance to talk with Wes Cohn uh, of Intersolar North America. There's a new show that's going to be out in San Diego uh, just oh. a few weeks from now, right, Jay? begins with a D. <laughs> His name. Did I say what did I
1: say? Oh, went the wrong way again. I <laughs> said <K>. yeah. gay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, yes. In, in the um, very beginning of February, we're going to have InterSolar, which was our earliest uh, tra- solar trade show experience. Um, the new one under new management uh, is kind of the, the, the theme this year. But uh, they're bringing a lot of cool stuff to it, one of which is the solar games, which we're going to hear all about. Solar game sounds
0: pretty, pretty fun, uh, exciting kind of idea here. You know, imagine a couple of teams, four teams from different areas of the country competing under different uh, types of Solar Plus storage systems and getting them installed and being rated on different uh, criteria. Uh, yeah, I want to check that out.
2: Top Chef meets solar. Yeah, it's going solar. to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Top Chef meets solar, right,
0: exactly. <laughs> Essentially that. <laughs> very good, very good. All right, so we got that. We got a bunch of great news and events. There's loads of stuff happening in Hawaii uh, right now, which is kind of really uh, kind of surprised me. And then there's some kind of big shifts in the financial kind of the way that the uh, financial markets kind of focus on renewable energy as well. We're going to hear from Brian on that. So let's jump right into this, gentlemen, and uh, get started with our solar coaster this week. Okay. <laughs> hey, folks, we are uh, a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. can be found Fridays at 1.05 p.m. on Koi 11.10 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry.
1: www.solar-coaster.com is where you can listen live to the show if you're out of our broadcast area. We also have links there to the YouTube, which is uh, housing, housing a lot of um, all the videos and photography stuff that we've been putting up from your travels to CES and and all the other places we go. Uh, But most importantly, it has all the archive of every single show we've ever done. So if you have an interest in renewable energy technologies, chances are we've talked about your particular subject area. Go into the podcast section on the website and figure out um, which show you would like to listen to. We're also available on podcast networks, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, and a plethora of others. All carry the solar coaster, so just go in there and search for our little uh, orange and blue uh Wayne form logo
0: there you go. Got some great sponsors. Kept Solar Coaster on the tracks. Enduro Shield and Perfectly Clear Glass. Had an opportunity to uh, to work with this product on my own install recently. Excited to test it, and dig into it and whatnot. Uh, we got Brian Thomas here of Fairwinds Wealth Management, of course, that's supporting and on-air talent these days. Thank you, Brian, for that. <laughs> and a bunch of other great sponsors. And some new ones pending, which will be announced shortly. Uh, this is a call-in show under normal circumstances. We did record this earlier with uh, Wes, but 808 242 is the call in line let's jump over to our news and events Jay Verkart shall we start off with CES and give a quick overview Oh, absolutely go ahead I guess that's my my <laughs> neck of the woods <laughs> <That's> so <good>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah we get, there's a bunch of articles out there right now we, you know we went to CES or more accurately I went to CES uh, last <laughs> last couple of weeks uh, in Las Vegas that is the, it turns out that largest uh, trade show in Las Vegas annually. Uh, around about not quite 200,000 attendees, uh, and then maybe, a, I don't know, uh, upwards of a dozen venues and 4,500. Uh, exhibitors. And we had this kind of hunch, Jay and I, that there would be more and more new energy tech kind of moving into that space and being announced in that space. And by the way, Jay, I don't know if you saw it out there, but uh, I, you know, we did, of course, we saw a lot of new energy technology. Some of the things I'll touch base on in a second, but I just saw today that LG will be bringing in all of its renewable energy offerings to CES 2021.
1: Uh, so that nice. kind of speaks cor- to that,
0: of right? It speaks well, it's, to that. It, I
1: mean, it really is it, it, the scope of this show. You got to understand consumer electronics. Well, that covers a pretty wide swath of everything we buy these days, it's right? It's very just, big. It's just huge. Very big. And, and it's included, and it's including, including more and more. When you talk about home storage, well, it's a home electronics purchase. It's it's going to be a, a um, appliance like your refrigerator. Um, you talk about electric vehicles. Well, they're now consumer yeah, your your car. It's going to be a consumer electronic. So, so it literally is just going to be the all encompassing kind of trade trade show for new and interesting things to buy.
0: Yeah. And geez, will it get bigger? I mean, talking to the people that are, that live in Las Vegas, this is the biggest thing each year. Right. Yeah. And they make mm-hmm. their year and they make their January. Actually, you know, they were talking about how you just kick off the year perfectly. Um, some of the things that I saw there that were really exciting, I thought, of course, the uh, we got a chance to uh, connect in with there's a bunch of these uh, YouTube um, videos that are going up presently. We've got about a half a dozen up so far. There's another dozen that are pending uh, the uh, zero mass uh, water panel. That is a really cool technology. Uh, we will get a chance to sit down with them. They're actually going to be in Maui uh, in about a month or two mm <laughs> Um mm-hmm. the I, I, a bunch of other cool things for anything. The, the whole air mobility discussion was huge. Hyundai and Uber had a collaboration. We're talking about basically a completely different way of traveling around cities in these 60 to 100 mile kind of ranges. Uh, Bell, uh, the, the helicopter company, had an amazing VTOL called the Bell Nexus. We got engaged with them. Similar type of discussion, the entire ecosystem on that. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, vehicles, um, everything from the, the new Fisker Ocean, was announced. Uh, There was a uh, Honda and Sony and uh, geez, car, you know, Fisk the Karma, uh, so many different cars. Didn't get a chance to dig into everything. There was a bunch of uh, motorcycle-related technology. The Damon, I, your brother asked me about that. He's like, did you see these guys? And of course. And then um, uh, Cake, the, uh, the 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 electric bike uh, company. the kind of like dirt bikes. You know, these guys are really cool too. There was a lot going on out there. We're going to be covering uh, probably probably do a couple compilation shows or a couple call-ins from follow-ups over the course of the next month or so to get to follow up. But the bottom line was this, there was a lot of renewable energy tech there, and you could see that that area would grow. And I was excited to to get a chance to to see that, and then to also one thing, Jay, that I think is relevant for for us and for everybody here that's that's listening is that that um, the renew the the larger audience that something like CES presents uh, shows that there's going to be a mainstream kind of adoption of renewable energies, right? Of solar systems, of solar plus storage, of vehicles. You could just see that there's a lot of people out there. They're looking at these. Big, it's a it's a bigger volume audience, I, I would say. So that was kind of my takeaway, Jay. What what do you say?
1: No, absolutely I agree and and some of the things you dug up in the interviews uh, it was it was years ago now I guess with our interview with former mayor Arakawa where he talked about having your little your little aerial thing to, to oh, put right. around the yeah. island that's right <laughs> and and it, and it turns out that that we, we may actually get our flying cars after all. The FAA is actually going to let this thing uh, pilot <laughs> in, in major cities. Yeah. So, Fi- so And they so and a, I mean,
0: and we got some numbers on that, too, some dates on that. In the uh, the Bell interview, uh, we right. had uh, Boris in with us, uh, Boris von Bormann, a good friend and collaborator and, and contributor on the Solar Coaster over the years, uh, sitting there with uh, the, 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 the des- designers at Bell, and they were talking about Within a five year window of having a piloted version of this unbelievable vehicle, uh, this air, you know, this this big drone, basically, you know, in cities like Sao Paulo, New York, Tokyo, uh, I mean, and then within 10 years uh, looking at auto- autonomous Uh, Systems in
1: place and yeah, and I I think that's that's where you're gonna see mass adoption I mean to have to have a whole lot of piloted vehicles around um, is going to 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 be a little difficult to field. We already have a shortage of pilots globally They
0: talked about (laughs) that off air with me and they said we're looking at how to (laughs) compel pilots to, uh, to take this job. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. look, it's going to be a when, much when better lifestyle life. for them because they're, they're going to be gone. It's going to be like going to work on a daily basis, living at home, not going to have to travel. It, it, like that, you're that, an Uber driver. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that
2: That kid that you know that plays video games all day. There's your next drone pilot right they there. They it, brought that up too. They brought that up. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. And you know what's interesting in that conversation, you could tell the technology, even with the Hyundai video, the technology is fast outpacing the ability for sort of. Uh, politicians or a framework to kind of get around how to m- regulate and manage that airspace. Yeah, they're going to have to participate in the years. We're
1: not technologically limited at this point. We're reg- uh, we're legislatively limited. Yeah, like <laughs> it's and that, so and that goes for and that goes for energy too.
2: True, <laughs> and it's so asymmetric how how quick the technology is coming aboard and how slow the sort of framework of how it's going to operate. Yeah. is uh, progressing if you can call well, it I, that and,
1: and i and i and i like that and i don't and, and the reason why is just because it's just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know, that that whole argument. And and that's what the legislation's supposed to take aim at.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but we definitely should have a four place VTOL that can get us from here
2: to Oahu know, <laughs> in
0: 20 minutes or 30 minutes or it's whatever like, it is. Fly it's up and <laughs> over,
2: up and over Eyal Valley. You're a little, you're a little <laughs>
1: private. No more, no more, no more
0: TSA no, this lines. Is a, this is a community. <laughs> you can just book it like Uber. So anyway, really cool yeah. stuff. Very excited to have been able to participate in that. We, there's plenty of content that will be coming in the upcoming uh, weeks and months. Uh, as we, we further digest uh, CES, uh, Oxycool, not to, to, to forget about Oxycool, uh, a, a new Freon-less, Freon-free uh, air conditioning system that was, that's quite controversial. It's one of our best performing YouTube videos right now. Um, a lot of cool things to dig into over the upcoming months. So let's get into today. Jay, which one would you like to pick from National?
1: Um, well, I thought we were going to talk a little bit about finance and BlackRock. We that did was do a uh, a, 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 ba- a big deal, Brian. Brian, did you get a chance to read this?
2: Yeah, it, it's essentially. Uh, I mean, I saw it before it hit my radar, uh, before we talked about it in the context of SolarCoaster. But I mean, BlackRock is a huge money manager. They're the largest in our business, seven trillion dollars under management, and you know, Josh and Jay had the foresight to bring me in. We were talking about renewable energy investments and how you could participate in that. And even if you don't own a, uh, a solar panel on your roof, you could still participate in, in an IRA or just as an investor. And we talked about the vehicles mm-hmm. that people can participate, ETFs, exchange-traded funds. And it just so happens that these, Josh and Jay had me in, uh, and it started taking off from there. And Last year it was the number one performing sector essentially in any sector in, in the U.S. market, in the market. And uh, the one ETF, the year to date, it's PBW, and it's not a recommendation, but PBW, Paul, Bravo, Walter. Uh, it is, and it's comprised of different companies that are solar stocks, uh, wind, geothermal, but renewable energy stocks. And year to date it's up about uh, 12% after today which is one of the top-performing out-of-the-blocks ETFs out there, uh, ETF Exchange Traded Fund. And regarding BlackRock, so the $7 trillion money manager, the point I want to get across is that in our industry, there's a fiduciary. Those of us that manage money have a, are held to a fiduciary standard. Uh, there's some big firms that aren't held to that standard. Those are the, some of the biggest banks, actually. But some of these, like I'm a, I'm a registered investment advisor, uh, but BlackRock is a money manager. And so they're held to a fiduciary standard. And they've got to take in the context of risk. And in the past, we've had a, an exclusionary process where they exclude an ExxonMobil or something like that from their investment policy. right? But now we've got mm-hmm. different firms, like we had Morningstar, but there's different firms managing ESG, environmental social governance data. And they're getting different subsets of data to used to filter out and to include good companies that are renewable, that are treating their employees well, that are treating the environment well. And so their whole data set is being altered in the fact that they can now sort out good from bad companies. And here's what's interesting. From the context of these are the companies that we have shown in previous shows, how they are actually doing better. And that's before they started taking off in the year 2019. So my point is that it's going to be even more prevalent. And if you're a fiduciary money manager, you have to pay attention to A, those risks, and B, that data that's going to come out that's going to highlight that those are the good companies, right? And they are there. It's Mm -hmm. just starting to take off. So, you know, we look at, um, there's a ticker XOP, which is uh, oil and gas production and exploration. That's negative 4% for the year, Mm -hmm. right? And that's on top of Uh, poor performance last year, right? So if you own that, you've got to answer to your shareholders, A, why you own it, because it's in a clear downtrend, and B, now you've got this risk around it in a fiduciary manner that you may not want to own it. And regardless of your thoughts on climate, there's still a risk, and it's still going down, but there is a risk of both weather, too, that you need to incorporate, anyway so, so that was
1: that was that was what that was what caught me out in this article right here this is BlackRock specifically pledging to to divest that out of coal they don't want any part of of that anymore which which mirrors what we saw from world bank the last year i believe um early last year just not not wanting to fund any more more oil exploratory oil um oh, right, yeah and, bis- businesses uh, but but the thing here that they quoted was climate risk is is an investment risk so anything that that d- doesn't Move the needle toward our our climate being more stable is is a risk in their eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and you know in a long way that's kind of what I was getting at. It's like we have yeah. to take out. There's a lot of risk that people that manage money. Uh, and I'm not talking people that give away money to other managers. I'm talking about those people of us that manage money. Mm. You know, there's there's currency risk. There's interest rate risk. There's Fed policy risk. There's um, now there's other risks that we can data model, and those are real risks so um, so would it, you it,
0: would you say that this is a fundamental sh- like shift in the way that the markets view um, renewable energies and and things of that nature?
2: um not just the way that it views renewable energy, it's a fundamental shift in in the variables that come into the process to manage money, so in other words. Before, we didn't have the data, uh, and it wasn't as prevalent, nor was it, was it validated, you know? But now that we've, we've seen that companies that have a good ESG score, environmental, social, and governance, actually about, yeah. perform better. And so, so in other words, it, and if you don't even know that and you're in the investment management business, which I promise you many don't, um, you're taking on a risk right there. There's a sentence here just prior to the one that Jay mentioned. I was looking at that as well. And it says, we will see
0: changes in capital allocation more quickly than we see changes in the climate itself. In the near future and sooner than most anticipate, there will be a significant reallocation of capital. Uh, that sounds to me like they're saying, hey, this thing is going to really take off.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and you can already see it. Just don't take my word for it. Go pull up a chart of ticker symbol T-A-N, uh, solar energy tan ticker symbol f a n uh fan which is wind power and pbw and then go pull up xle a chart of uh traditional energy and then go pull up uh, a chart of xop and kol which is coal i mean they're in a clear downtrend and if you still own coal um if an investment manager owns coal, I, I can't understand the rationale for that. So It almost has to be ideological, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if, it, even if you try and justify it as being a value stock, like a decreasing business with headline risk around it in a decreasing market that's going down, uh, it doesn't matter the value because it's getting cheaper by the day.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. Well, that was uh, I think pretty uh, momentous uh, to to see this happen. And I guess and Black Blackwater is the name Black of the Black Rock. Black Rock. Blackwater. Black Blackwater uh, is the which I think <laughs> is an amusing name the for the them. Black Rock. Right. <laughs> uh they they they're the, they're the fel- would coal. you say that's kind of like the biggest one that's happened? The biggest kind of shift. It it is because of that yeah, shift?
2: it is because they are the biggest uh, say asset management firm. I mean, there's $7 trillion asset center management uh, and and they're not a bank per se, so they're kind of pure in the investment management world. Gotcha. And, yeah, gotcha. so in other words it's, I mean, there's tons more than them they just happen to be one that, that had the article that we can highlight, right? But it's yeah. um, just the prevalence of the data and that we can measure ESG scores of governance, you know, how they treat their employees, uh, the payouts, the how they deal with subcontractors, you know, if they're t- deploying child labor in foreign countries, like we can measure that now. And, and that's gonna filter into the investment process, A. Capital allocation is what they. The words so when that they people mentioned. when
0: people want to uh, take action on this, because I think it can seem kind of nebulous and difficult to kind of we say, what do I do from here? What do they do? What does someone do if they're listening? They're going, oh, I want to be want to be want to be able to participate in this. Uh,
2: give me a call. I'll point them to, them to the directions if they need help with their portfolio. I'll be more than happy to look at that. I, I'll show them stuff that they have not seen before that I think would open their eyes. Uh, 808-873-3742.
0: There you go. There you go. Brian uh, Brian Thomas, Fairwinds Wealth Management. Let's take a look at Hawaii, because before we jump over to InterSolar, because there's a lot going on
1: here. Jay, do you want to lead the charge here? Absolutely. Well, because it's uh, 2020 now, um, Hawaii's back in the news everybody's looking over to the next decade and PV magazine is reporting that Hawaii electric has plans for getting to 70% renewable by the late 2020s, which is, which is, um, well more than our target. Uh, we're supposed to get to, um, was it? I don't remember the actually the actual number. Oh, the milestones. <laughs> I think it was I think it was fifty percent, but was, we're actually targeting more like seventy percent, and a lot of this comes from the PUC. I think they they kind of got a kick in the butt. Um, Hawaii Electric uh, did, um, but it now looks like we're going to be fifty percent by the end of twenty twenty two, assuming that all these projects are actually completed on time. Um, they did the utility did receive 75 bids last November for 900 megawatt of wind and solar power uh, plus storage systems um, that are really really cost effective so looks very very cool <laughs> yeah
0: and this is the nation looking at us right this isn't you know maui maui news or a local uh, uh, periodical right, this is right. the entire country looking over at hawaii saying wow these things are happening uh, very very cool very cool well, you want to talk about Lanai? I'm excited to talk about Lanai.
1: <laughs> yeah, go, go, right go right ahead then. So
0: it looks like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks, well, l- let's talk about Lanai briefly, but it's kind of part of the same conversation, right? Uh, yep, the yep. looks like Larry Ellison and Pulama Lanai is, is considering purchasing the utility uh, over there on the, on the island, and uh, which is not, not a huge surprise that they would float that idea, but it just came out. And what was that article, Jay? Was that, um, can you get, pull that up for us? There it is. Maui news yep. right so yep. uh, exploratory discussions are underway uh, PSC approval required uh, you know I mean the 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 bottom line is that um, there, it, it it certainly could uh, make sense for um, for Lan- for Paloma and I to get to be able to take over the grid and what would it take to see that to make that happen and we the, I guess the only other example of that would be uh, what's what's happened with co- with Kauai, right with the cooperative over there
1: Essentially that but I mean what you're talking about is just the assets there Um, They're not they're not planning on purchasing the entirety of of Miko Miko manages all Lanai's assets right now Um, But it is it's it's an expense for them. They have to send people over there it just makes more sense to be able to locally manage it and I, I Get the feeling that that Ellison really has has designs on on building out some microgrids, making the the, the grid there more resilient, yeah. um, self-sustainable, and and that's that's their long-term vision. And what, what better way to do that than just take ownership of it?
0: They right? say yeah. And there was one sentence right in the middle of this article. It says Palama Lanai said that the initial transition phase calls for creating microgrids within the Four Seasons Resort uh, Lanai at Manelli and the Four Seasons Resort Lanai at koele So uh, yeah. and and you know interestingly enough, I've spoken with. The um, the management team out there about energy, and they've had mm-hmm. uh, outages for weeks. They, like they've, that's mm. happened at those at those resorts. They're high end resorts. People are paying a lot of money to stay there. And imagine those uh, those systems going down. I mean that that has happened. And they do have some gener- generators on site, but they're not for the entire system. It's for like certain emergency systems, for example.
1: Yeah. yeah so so those that don't know the microgrids are are would be a a system that would power through solar or wind or whatever and have local batteries and even if the larger grid goes down these would con- still continue to operate kind of independently and then when the grid is restored it would connect they would interoperate amongst themselves but it's it's a really really forward-thinking way of, of designing a, an energy grid as opposed to the the central generation and pushing it out to everybody kind of concept
2: there you and go. and it, it's smart for them because they're looking at it probably in the context of, like, what is our cost when power goes down for guests paying this much money for a room, you know? And it's like, oh, and we'll wrap it in this renewable energy uh, conversation as well. <laughs> but there's a cost yeah. to that, you well, know?
1: Well, there's a cost to actually importing the diesel that they <laughs> they fuel everything with, too. So um, that all of those I, I guarantee that the costs of, of exporting all that money um, are are far outweighed by the benefit of being able to to own it, control it and and keep it stable.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that that's yeah, that that ought to fall into the no brainer category. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> do we cover everything we wanted to
0: with Marco? Did we get to that yet? We didn't talk about Marco at all. Let's talk about Marco a little bit. Uh, yeah. So, well, hi Marco. M- hi Marco. <laughs> We're talking about Marco Mangelsdorf. Of course, Marco is kind of the, one of the, uh, the the grand poobahs of solar in Hawaii, uh, out there on in Big Island, and he uh, floats these um, these metrics. He data mines all the per- PV permit pulls uh, quarter by quarter, year by year, and he's kind of released his 2019 numbers, and everything's up. Jay, what do you think about some of these numbers? Are you excited? He mentions the our namesake, the solar coaster about five times in his email.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not, not directly to us. It's just the solar coaster being that, that up and down kind of, kind of roller coaster of why we named the show the way we did. Um, we're up by 41% of the state, um, over across the state, which is just fantastic. Um, I I still attribute that, and he does mention that in here, largely to the fact of the ITC stepping down. uh, If you haven't started your solar, we're we're down to 26%. Yeah, the federal tax credit is down to 26% now. Uh, It will step down another 4%. Um, And and it's that kind of interesting psychological phenomenon where you're not necessarily sure you're going to pull the trigger to to get an added benefit. But if someone's going to take something away from you, you're going to do it. (laughs) Fear of loss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fear, no fear, fear, fear of loss. Um, so, so know that it will step down again, barring a a massive act of of Congress and a presidential signature, which doesn't look likely. Um, it'll step down another four percent at the end of this year. So, it would be a good chance to uh, to to make the attempt and get some solar. But um, just tremendous growth across the state, and he ventures to say that that for the next couple of years, we're going to be in pretty good shape.
2: If you, if you, I mean, he does a great job with the data. And uh, if you look at that chart he has, he's got a chart showing, so say from 2012 up to 2019. And in 2012, there was 21,000 permits, and it slid just steadily all the way down to the low at 2017, 5,000 permits. But it's starting to climb up from that. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 from a visual standpoint, it appears the tide is turning, and it's ticking back up again.
1: Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, well, ch- remember that was yeah that, that that was really because it was the end of Nem for us. That's those that the 2012 was the height of the Nem boom. I see. And then there, you see a little up spike in 2015, which is where it was ending, right? That was okay. when Nem was kind of kind of end of lifing. Gotcha. And then um, yeah, 2017 we really didn't have too many options for solar. The programs were, were obtuse. The new programs we didn't know what was going on. And only now you're starting to see the the the, the industry recover.
0: Yeah. And then just to wrap this up, you know, 62 percent increase in permits uh, for Maui County. So 951 last year compared to 587 in 2018. Uh, That's good news for for solar here in Maui.
1: Oh, I hope I'd, we can attribute at least a few of those to us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I was excited to see that. Of course, you know, it's been a heck of a ride uh, from 2015 to this point. And to see an, uh, uh, finally an uptick, uh, like Brian was saying, with that particular chart about the entire state uh, is remarkable. Kauai's is doing great, too. Permits were up 74% over there. Uh, Big Island, on the other hand, uh, a different uh, s- a different thing happening there. It has to do with Sunrun changing uh, the volume of their business out here. But they actually were down a couple percentage points as I understand it um so
2: that yeah it, right. it, it's cool that in, in his article it says uh it's hard to predict where next year will be and it explains why it's a solar coaster
0: there it is the solar coaster all right we're going to jump over to our commercial break come right back with Mr. Wes Doan did I say it right Jay of Solar North America San Diego come up in a couple of weeks Enduro Shield glass protection is the cost-effective way to help protect your PV investment Reduce cleaning needs and help maximize power production. Enduro Shield prevents etching, helps reduce soiling and debris buildup. At only two molecules thick, EnduroShield is optically clear, UV transparent. A one-time application provides up to 10 years of durability. To learn more about the coating, visit EnduroShield.com solar. You can request factory application or on-site by certified technicians like the team at Perfectly Clear in Hawaii. And for on-site applications in western U.S., visit PerfectlyClear.glass or call Gary at 808-280-9422. That's 808-280-9422. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, Climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Okay, well, those were our wonderful sponsors. Thanks so much to uh, Sundrum and Enduro Shield and everyone for keeping the solar coaster on the tracks for almost three glorious years now. We're here with Wes Doan of Intersolar North America. Wes, welcome to the show. Can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Glad to be here. Thanks. I'm really excited to talk with you Wes I got to tell you, you you may not be aware of this and I didn't actually mention it to some of our, our mutual friends but intersolar was the first place the solar coaster uh, went to a trade show and back really? about th- yeah I didn't even mention the Jason I wanted to <laughs> Jay do you remember those intersolar say. days <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it was. uh, It was. uh, We went out there with our with our furry our furry little microphone, and then we just said, "Hey, let's go do a trade show and see what's up." And that was maybe what three or four years. How long ago was that, Jay?
1: that was 3 years ago. 3 yeah. years ago. It was like three the very ago. first year we were doing the show.
0: And it was a great, you and know, we didn't
1: and we didn't know anything.
0: We didn't know a thing. And uh, but I remember, I, I do remember and since then we've just been, you know, trade showing it up and really getting all the greatest, uh latest and greatest renewable energy tech and bringing it to Hawaii and uh but yeah, Intersolar was the the birthplace of it also. It's a, it's a special treat to have here, Wes.
3: Yeah, that's really exciting. I'm glad to hear it.
0: So um, I'm looking forward to understanding um, a little bit about what's going on with InterSolar. I know there's some really cool stuff, the solar games. There's, there's a kind of a, 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 a new launch underway. You're, you're in San Diego. There's a lot to talk about. So why don't we just start out with the, the, the broad strokes here. Give us a sense of kind of where's InterSolar, how InterSolar started, where it's come from, and how it's transitioning, and, you know, the, the basic overview.
3: Absolutely, yeah, happy to do it. So, Intersolar originally launched in 2008 in San Francisco, and the show was held there for 10 years, Uh, and then the company that I work for, Diversified Communications, which is a global B2B trade show and conference organizer, acquired Intersolar uh, in February of last year, and I had actually worked for Intersolar for three years previously, prior to that, from 2014 to 2017. So I was familiar with the show. It sounds like we probably were at the same intersolar in San Francisco. Yeah, may mm-hmm. have run into each other. Who knows? Um, so Diversified Communications bought intersolar last year, and that's when we moved the show to San Diego. Uh, and Diversified was really well-poised to purchase this event. Uh, the company had actually Built and owns its own 1.5 megawatt solar farm here in Brunswick, Maine, which is just up the coast from me. Yeah. So they have a real interest in the market, and that really aligned with Intersolar and how they've been an industry leader here for the last 10 years. Uh, So we're excited to bring the show to San Diego. We're at the beginning of the year this year, which is really nice, I think, for the folks that have been coming to the show before. And it's just a fun way to kick off the year. And, of course, San Diego's a, a beautiful place to have to go for a few days in February.
0: hundred percent. In fact, I'll tell you what, I just got off a plane from San Diego a couple days ago. So, oh, Diego, you?
2: Okay. Yes, so I was
0: just <laughs> digging into San Diego, and it's a wonderful place. Uh, amazing city, a lot of cool stuff going on uh, over yeah, there. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a great that's a really interesting move. So, you know, uh, Jason and I also uh, had some experience with intersolar in Europe. So what's that relationship like there? I mean, intersolar in Europe is massive. We learned loads out there about the European marketplace. That was in, when was that, Jay? Was that in June of uh, this year? May. May May, May of this May. year? Yeah. We were blown away by that out there. So what's that relationship look like between intersolar Europe and, and here in the U.S.?
3: Yeah, so we, we still have a close relationship, of course, with the organizers And in intersolar North America originated from intersolar Europe, which is, like you said, the world's leading solar show. It's an amazing event. Uh, And they also have a bunch of international events in Dubai, Mexico, Sao Paulo. And what you'll see is each of those conferences really reflects the current trends in any of those solar markets, right? So with Intersolar Europe, it's really focused on the upstream market, whereas Intersolar North America is really focused on tackling overall electrification and the increasing reliance on storage technologies. Uh, As we all know, you know, Solar and storage essentially got its start in Germany, so that's a really mature market. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the U.S. reflects where I think we're at in this, this spectrum, and I'll get into storage in a bit, but storage is becoming a bigger... Bigger and bigger part of our event as well.
0: That you know, you, you brought up an interesting point that these markets—you said Dubai, São Paulo, Europe, the U.S.—these yeah. markets have uh, you know a little bit of a different history and a little bit different state, kind of in the evolution of mm-hmm. solar and solar plus storage. And uh, that's definitely uh, you know unique and kind of it's it offers a unique perspective when you kind of poke into these spaces. When we were in Europe. I know that we learned a lot about you know a different perspective on how utilities relate to customers. And uh, so then it was like, oh, there's other ways to do this thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that was super helpful for us, just as guys in the mm-hmm. in the space. So, well, tell us about what your what your game plan is for uh, for San Diego and for uh, bringing InterSolar uh, up here in the U.S. What, what are you focusing on? I know there's lots of really cool stuff going on, not the least of which is the Solar Games idea.
3: Yes, which I will definitely get into with you guys. Um, yeah, I think, you know, as we mentioned, all these markets, the, the shows in these markets really reflect where they're at with solar and storage. And I think we're seeing that a lot with InterSolar North America, which, again, started in 2008, which seems like a very long time ago at this sure. point. it was really just solar in the U.S. at that point, right? Um, and now storage is becoming more and more relevant to solar and just the energy market in the U.S. So we're bringing a lot more content related to energy storage to mm-hmm. the event on the conference side. Um, and we're also bringing in, I would say, kind of the frontier for us at this point is really EVs and e-mobility. Yeah. Um, Mm. And how that ties in to storage and solar as well. So we're trying to integrate more electric vehicle content into the event, onto the trade show floor as well, as well as charging infrastructure. So that's a really interesting connection point for us. I think there's going to be a lot that happens there in the next 10 years here in the U.S. And, of course, with a trade show, you really want the show to reflect where the market is. Um, so those are kind of our three main focuses right now. Uh, and, yeah, the Solar Games is kind of an event <laughs> in and of itself now uh, at InterSolar. This will be the first one that we launch, so I'm really excited
0: about it. You know, uh, Jason's going to gonna gonna be like, oh, Josh, don't start up here. But I just got back from CES, and one of the main things that I noticed at CES was that that's Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas yes. uh, yeah. was this uh, kind of movement of uh, of, of yeah, of different types of new energy tech companies in the mainstream mm-hmm. popping up you know and when you said EV one of the coolest things we saw was a bi-directional electric vehicle charger from Europe from Spain right. actually uh, you know and that was just like so exciting to see that mm-hmm. so there is definitely this percolation and, and a whole other diverse uh, diversity of t- technologies that are moving towards the renewable energy space kind of as the renewable energy space moves towards them it's such a, a, yeah. a cool time there's so much innovation out there so it's certainly uh, something that is, is just ripe and, and look people are looking for ways to kind of communicate these uh, these innovations that they're all making out there, it'd be really cool to see that that a crossover between EVs and renewables take place, and the ideas that flourish around that. Not to mention air mobility and all kinds of really, really yeah. o- other cool <laughs> stuff that's starting to chase. Like, don't do it, Josh. Don't talk about CES. Don't talk about CES. <laughs> but uh, so it's it's really cool to hear about that. But the solar games things captured my imagination, and because I, you know, we've been through here in Hawaii to put it in the context of Hawaii and Maui. You know, we have something like 80% of our permits that are being pulled are, are uh, solar plus storage, storage mm, permits. Yeah. And we have a little bit of a, a, a resurgence going on right now. Uh, we, we just had a bump up. We've had a, over a couple of years of down post-NEM uh, business uh, difficulties. This last few months has been a resurgence of, of residential and commercial storage, uh, solar plus storage systems going in. So our permit pulls are up. So things are looking optimistic. And now we start thinking about how can these systems be installed reliably, uh, you know efficiently how can these businesses kind of flourish again like they did in, in the in the nem world and the business the installers uh, all of that's starting to kind of get back in our minds right so it's a great time to think about you know uh, companies coming in and and, and and showcasing their capabilities it's not easy stuff right solar plus storage it's it's, no, it's fairly it's complex stuff so what, what are your ideas about this solar games how is it going to run what's it about Yeah,
3: so again, you know, when we we took over this event, we really wanted to create something unique and dynamic that would take place on the show floor, Um, in this case, in the form of this live competition, and it speaks to exactly what you were saying. We want to be able to highlight kind of these cutting-edge technologies and how storage pairs with solar on a rooftop, and then also highlighting a really important Segment of the industry, which is installers, of course, and letting them get up there and show their skills as well. So, Solar Games is a four-team competition. Four teams of installers. They're coming from all over the country. I'll tell you about the teams in a bit. But yeah. the objective is to build a residential rooftop plus storage system live on the expo hall floor. So there'll so be cool. two <laughs> asphalt shingled roofs, and these teams are going to go up against each other uh, to install this fully integrated system, and then they'll be judged on a point system of quality, safety, a little bit of speed, although safety is probably <laughs> the I bigger category of the two, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we're going to have different components on each day, so four teams will go up against each other on Tuesday, first day of the show opens,
2: mm-hmm. and then the
3: championship round will be on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So two final teams will go up against each other, and then we'll crown the uh, the first ever champion, who will win a <laughs> cash prize, and all the teams will get a bunch of swag from the equipment companies plus conference passes from us. And so we're really looking forward to it. I think it kind of checks all the boxes for us in terms of what we want to highlight at the event. So we're really excited for it.
0: Do you mind if I ask some more specific questions about that? Please, (laughs) Go
3: for it.
0: Okay. So how how big are the systems you're going to install? Do you know?
3: So we're still, I can tell you all the equipment manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. So we're using Jinko panels. Yep. Um, we're doing Everest solar system racking. Love so we're Everest. We're going to highlight two tight. We're going to do their cross rail and then the shared rail on the second oh, day. Oh, yeah, so the shared rail. The racking. That's yeah. neat stuff. That's so neat we're, stuff. We're excited about that. Um, Great first choice. First we're going to be using Tesla Walls. Okay. Um, and second day, we're using rolls batteries. So, again, we wanted oh, wow. to kind of show two different, You know, you know, obviously lithium ion and Tesla, everyone... Almost everyone's familiar with the Powerwall, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, but in terms of creating a challenge to switch over to something very different hmm. with roles on day two right. and have these teams install that as well, which is more of an off-grid application, really. Right. Right? So, um, yeah. so we're excited about that. Um, we've been partnering with a company here on the East Coast called Revision Energy. They're mm-hmm. a regional installer here on the East Coast. They've been our technical advisor on this, so they're helping us build the system and spec it out. And we're getting those design packs out to the team soon. Um, like wow! In the next day. How <laughs> fun is this? I got, it's all happening. How now. fun is this? Very
0: and, neat. There's a couple of. Oh, sorry, we had some more say there.
3: No, no, I was just going to say we'll also be having. Uh, you know, they're going to. Everyone's going to be tied in. We're going to be having harnesses and safety equipment right. provided by Petzl, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to it.
1: Very cool. A couple of <laughs> cool nice things. right now. Go ahead, Jay. Are, the, are, these, are these rooftops actually at roof height off the show <laughs> <off the laughs> floor? No, no, that's a
3: really good question. They're on the ground. They have a 25-degree okay. pitch, so the, the oh, yeah. top edge is about 7 feet off the ground. But, yeah. no, you're not going to be looking up 20 feet. The The safety <laughs> equipment is more just a, a skill piece of yeah. it, right? It's a highlight. Right. The being tied in, so no, they're not going to be 30 feet off the ground. Got
0: it, got it. A couple okay. of things right <laughs> out of the gate, uh, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you mentioned those two different uh, types of systems that are going to be installed in the first round and then the second round. You know, that mm-hmm. first, out here in Hawaii, we have a great history of off-grid systems in areas where the grid did not reach. For example, East Maui is a great example of that because you have mm-hmm. like Hana, Nahiku, all these regions that are super beautiful and maybe known for their beauty and waterfalls and stuff, but people live out there, you know, <laughs> for and for yeah, decades, right. and they had very little option about bringing in power a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unless you're one of the celebrities that live out there, which, by the way, there are boatloads. <laughs> and <I'm> uh sure. <laughs> You know, and so the pro- the type of system I think you described on the secondary is a little bit more towards that off off grid system. And there's mm-hmm. the guys that are good at that out here that do that know that they've been doing mm-hmm. it for quite some time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and I can think of like half dozen that are just these certain characters out here that run that mm-hmm. business. Uh, they're actually a little bit different than the guys that are doing a lot of the on grid uh, storage they solar are. systems, right? Yeah, so to have expertise sure. in both of those, as you said that, I thought, oh, wow, someone really thought about this. I don't know mm-hmm. the crossover. I don't, like, that's, that's an interesting Venn diagram there. I, it's actually a small little yeah, slice. I think, little, I think bit it's slice. It's
1: a little a little smaller sliver of the pie than yeah. we probably think it is.
0: Yeah, and then the guys, of course, that are doing solar uh, plus storage, grid interactive stuff like Tesla, that's growing uh, immensely right now, and, you know, there's great training, and the technology is all there, and, and, and so it's, it's it's got the last few years of kind of mat- mat- maturation that's happened. So you kind of have, like, uh, these, you know, That's those Those are two different approaches, so having an team that can do both that's that is kind of intriguing you got me on the edge of my seat there from a solar keeks <laughs> perspective <It's>
3: definitely <laughs> a challenge yeah and i think part of it is for us you know it's wanting to highlight a bunch of different companies in the in the space but it's also in terms of a competition you know originally it was going to be just all the same equipment on both days but then we thought well, these teams that are going up on day two have already done it once, right? Mm, and yeah. they uh-huh. may be doing it every day in their jobs anyway, especially like you said, hmm. you know, grid tied solar plus storage is really the the thing right now, especially in California. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a bit of a curveball and, and we're looking forward to seeing the teams tackle it. <laughs>
0: That's, that's amazing. My mind is kind of just, just uh, running around that idea right now. Very cool stuff. So uh, you got the solar games uh, that's happening. And then what else is kind of uh, new and, and exciting that you want to sh- showcase uh, for, for Intersolar this year? So I think we have a
3: couple really amazing partnerships that have helped the show a lot. One is with NABCEP. So I don't know if you're, you're familiar with NABCEP and their yeah. installer certification program here in the U.S., Um, They run their own conference uh, in March in a different area of the country, and they're providing a workshop at InterSolar this year offering 10 CEs towards their installer certification, which they don't offer anywhere else. It's really world-class training. So having them committed to us and doing that for the installers coming to the show as a workshop I think is a as a really big value add. Um, along with SEI, they're another really great partner of ours and they're providing a lot of great content on the floor. We tried to bring more content that would typically be in a conference model because we do still have a traditional conference. Hmm. We tried to bring a lot of that to the trade show floor um, in s- some smaller more digestible sessions so the people that may just be walking the show floor for the day, they're checking out technology, hopefully they can get a sense for some of the educational stuff going on as well. Um, so we're trying to kind of merge those two aspects more seamlessly than just having you know, a completely separate conference and then a trade show with technology.
0: You know, what's um, what, what captures my imagination about this right out of the gate is it, it feels like you mentioned 2008. Uh, was the beginning of Intersolar, and our industry has been kind of maturing, you know, uh, over over this decade, and uh, getting us to the point we're at now. Of course, storage is now this, you know, the huge focal point. But it, it looks like the, the 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 maturing of the trade show industry too. I mean, I remember back for different different, like my family were arborists, right, and we would okay, go yeah. as when I was a child, we would go to these conventions, and there would be guys showcasing their skills and getting their credits. <laughs> and Doing all, and it was, fun. I mean, you know, this is some really funny stuff, guys, like log rolling competitions and like, you know, and stuff like <laughs> that, fun. you know, but, but also like, you know, all that, all that, you know, arborist related co- uh, content. And it kind of feels like that the way you're describing. It. And that, of course, that industry is, you know, very mature for whatever, 50, 100 years. I don't know how old that is. Right. Yeah. But uh, so it feels like a kind of next step in the industry. I could see how these could be. Uh, these are the types of things we're going to need as we move forward into the future.
3: I think so. Yeah, I think offering, you know, of course, you still want to offer the things that people are coming to the events for. So seeing exhibitors, seeing their technology, seeing the conference and getting educated. But I think anything you can do that's experiential while you're there um, is what people are getting used to. And it's what they expect. So we're really trying to provide that here and, yeah, trying to reflect the industry at the same
0: time and where it's going. So we're really excited about it. Very cool. Now, I understand you have something called the storage theater. Uh, What is that?
3: So that's one of the theaters I was mentioning before where we're going to be highlighting content on the show floor. So mini sessions that maybe could also be taking place in the conference. And it's all related to energy storage. So there'll be some vendor companies there, technology companies talking about their products, how they've integrated them, use cases, that sort of thing. And then some of our partners will be putting on some trainings there too. So again, that's just focused on energy storage and and how it ties to solar.
0: Gotcha. And uh, it, uh, one of our mutual colleagues had mentioned something about a white paper coming out or something. Is there something in that area as well?
3: Yes. Yeah. That's also taking place on the energy storage uh, theater stage. So we've always had a really great relationship with Green Tech Media. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they're of course putting out amazing reports all the time on solar and storage, and so we've been working with them this year on a white paper related to energy storage and trends for 2020 and beyond, of course, uh, so we'll be unveiling that at the energy storage stage as well, and they'll be presenting on it. They've done this for us the last couple of years, and they just produce amazing research, so we're really excited to be partnering with them again.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, what I mean? Do you feel? I, I guess I guess you, uh, you 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 mentioned this uh, vision. You know what's what's upcoming for storage. I mean, what's your overall yeah. take on where storage is going to go? Do you see it coming across the uh, the, the country in in, in in a really rapid way? I mean, do you have a do you have a are you gauging it? What, what's going on in, uh, behind closed doors right now? In your estimation of how storage is going to take off?
3: Yeah, I think it's similar in some ways to where solar was 10 or 15 years ago, right, where it's really being driven at the state level and the policy level. So you're seeing certain states take off who are incentivizing. Again, California is always a good example, right, because of what they've done with solar. But now they have storage mandates as well. And then, like you mentioned with Hawaii, any state that has really high electricity costs, it just is making more and more sense to bring that online. So I think, again, it's still really driven at the government state level and pushing those policies forward. Um, And you're seeing that in some of the same states that solar was really progressive in, and I think that makes sense because the technologies pair so well, right? But I also think you're going to see utility-scale storage continue to take off, which is a really exciting piece of it, too. We've been talking mostly about residential, um, but utility scale is another big, big market.
0: Well, that's a great point, too, because we do have, you know, of course, we have residential, which I understand is about two gigs nationally or something. We have uh, commercial around 20 and we have utility around 20 if I'm not mistaken those numbers just popped into my head so uh, that uh, do you who should come to this uh, event should it uh, are people from all of those three sectors or are there is there a, more of a leaning towards one?
3: No it's a really good question. Um, so I, we definitely provide content in the conference for all three of those sectors. Um, I think traditionally, This show has had a pretty even spread across all three of those, um, especially when it comes to project developers and finance and installers coming to the event. They really service all three aspects of the industry, Um, so it is pretty evenly spread. I think obviously California, the the people folks we have coming from California, there's so much residential solar in California that we get a really solid base of those folks coming to the event, but absolutely, there's, there's content and technology across all three sectors at the show.
0: You know, we're seeing out here, just as a quick talking point, we're seeing out here uh, utility-scale solar plus storage uh, mm. taking the lead really over the course of the na- last year, and we're just getting some of those initial, uh, initial systems deployed um, uh, presently. Right, and so yeah. what I mean by that is, you know, in the hundreds of megawatts scale, but but also with storage. And, and Jay and I like to talk about those ratios. Basically, a full day worth of storage capability, uh, which you know, usually like for example, a couple of these systems on Maui are about fifteen meg's, or sixty megawatt hours of storage. I think there's a hundred and sixty meg, and or, wait, wait, sixty meg, and then two hundred and forty megawatt hours of storage. So you've got a, you know, you've got these pretty spectacular systems, kind of following in the footsteps of the Kauai system. Um, yeah. So utility is definitely, uh, you know, t- and that technology there, you know, there there hasn't been a tremendous diversity as far as I understand it. Uh, I've never, never sold a utility scale solar system, although I'd like to, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, you I, know, I, if I understand it, you've been kind of fairly dominated by the Tesla power packets and that kind of technology. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really interesting to see how that evolves. Right. And it I know. Will, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, I know these guys, and we're close to some of these companies that are uh, that are securing this business, and there's a lot of challenges in that space. And they're talking about things like bifacials and tracking and storage and mm-hmm. all kinds of new stuff. So, And, and because it comes down to those bids are so competitive, if you can have opportunities, just as an example, that third rail, what would you call it again, the, uh, the shared rail? Shared <laughs> rail,
3: yeah. Of course, that's right. not
0: a utility <laughs> scale consideration, but if there's something like no. that in the utility space, that could be a huge thing that could save mm-hmm. a couple of cents per watt, and boom, then you're there. It's, it, gets you, it gets you farther down the road.
3: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it, it is really complex. I'm right there with you. I've never sold one of the systems either, um, but I've <laughs> talked to a lot of folks who have, and I think that's one of the benefits of these events in this space is that these deals are so complex and there's so many aspects to it from you know, the regulation, to the technology, that being able to get together and network with your peers and do that idea sharing, I think, makes even more sense in a market like this where there are just so many aspects of these projects.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's our time there, uh, Wes. It's been really great to talk with you, get a sense of what's happening upcoming here uh, at Intersolar uh, in San Diego, Intersolar North America. What are the dates on that show? February 4th
3: through the 6th.
0: All right. Well, check it out online, folks. Intersolar.us. You can learn all about this great show, and uh, hopefully we'll see you out there, get a chance to be a part of it. Thanks for, for your time today, Wes. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Josh. All right. Hey, folks, this has been the Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Sundrum Solar, by Enduro Shield, and a bunch of other great companies. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend, and aloha Friday.